We're breaking down another list today. This time it is the top power five coaches according to CBS. And I got a couple issues with it, but we'll talk about those only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game Starts Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review. Let me know how I can make the show better for you. That rhymed, baby. But we're talking about this this, this uh, top Power 5 coaches list, according to CBS and it's vote. I can't even say like who it's by because it's by a lot of voters that ultimately they just averaged it out. And here's the thing the list is kind of weird in a way where they were just told, hey, vote one through 65. Um, there's no criteria for voting. So if your voting is based around this guy's the best recu- recruiter then that's what it is. It's this guy's the best coach, regardless of accolades, then that's what your votes are. If it's this guy has the best accolades, then that's what your vote is. Um, so that's a little weird, but that's uh, the way I view it is that it will all balance out to essentially be still just who the best coaches are. Uh, Billy Napier was on the list. Again, it was a list of all Power 5 coaches. Billy Napier was number 30 two on the list and i see people acting as if this is um an absurd list in some way of billy napier's too high billy napier's too low i think this is kind of his wheelhouse right now um could he be better obviously but uh that well that will that will be something that we see next week uh or next year when the new list comes out and people are talking about, oh, this is great. Like Dan Lanning of Oregon is very low on the list, even though he's probably going to be at least pretty decent, but he's a first-time head coach. He, like he's never been a head coach anywhere before. He was Georgia's defense coordinator this year. So he's on the list, obviously. He's low on the list because he's got no head coaching experience. Billy Napier is at 32 because he's been a head coach. He's been a dang good head coach at that with – multiple Sunbelt Conference championships under his belt. And I feel like that's something that people are kind of overlooking where, yes, you can look at it and go, who cares? It's a group of five. I care. You you were the best at your conference. I don't care if, if you're in, I mean, I do care if you're in the SEC, but I don't care if you're in the SEC or the SBC. With the Sunbelt, I don't care if you're D2. If you're the best at that job for multiple years in a row, that's that's a big accomplishment, okay? 
If you haven't gotten the recognition of getting to a power five school, that ain't your fault. Simple as that. So I, I think that it's like, yeah, first time power five coach. But he's been successful as a head coach where he was before this. He brought Louisiana to the top fifth to the top twenty-five uh two years in a row. This past year, I believe he brought them to fifteen, and the year before the highest he brought them to was sixteen, which I mean that's that's impressive. Because that that's that's the AP going. He he brought this team, this 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 Sunbelt team. He made them a top 16 team in the country. And that's a big accomplishment to get. Like, Billy Napier is not some green... Like, he's not Dan Landing, who's never been a head coach before and is now a head coach. He's not Joe Moorhead, who's now the head coach at Akron, um, who will be in the Power Five sooner rather than later, most likely. But Billy Napier did a consistently fantastic job of using limited resources that he had at Louisiana in terms of athletic facility, in terms of recruiting, in terms of building his coaching staff, and all these things were... I mean, Louisiana yesterday got a uh, like, like a, an anonymous donation, or at least it's anonymous to us. We don't know who did it, but we know it was an alumni donation where it's like they got $125,000, and that's this massive deal because that's money that that will make Louisiana significantly better. So, so it's things like that where there were not a ton of resources available at hand for Billy Napier at Louisiana. But guess what? He took that team and he made them a legitimate contender and, and won the Sun Belt with them. And then on top of that, he consistently developed his players where he got multiple players drafted into the NFL, where Robert Hunt was, uh, I believe a, I believe Robert Hunt, when he came out of Louisiana, was a day two pick, if I'm not mistaken. That was a day two pick to the Miami Dolphins. They had Percy Butler this year. It's with Washington. Max Mitchell, Max Mitchell got drafted to the New York Jets. He got guys consistently drafted and developed them consistently enough to get them into the NFL. There were also on this list uh, two coaches that were listed as most likely to win big later. And one of those coaches was Billy Napier. Uh, the other, Mario Cristobal, which I, I feel like that, that one's a little weird because I feel like the expectations of Mario Cristobal immediately were get, like like be a near at or near the top of the ACC, where I feel like the expectations for Billy Napier right now are build the program a little bit, but in a few years, Billy Napier, of course, has to um, compete and contend against Bama, Georgia, and all of them. Whoever you like, Texas A&M is going to be fierce in a couple of years with just the recruiting job they've done alone. They've got they they're going to be able to out athlete a lot of people. Um, Auburn probably won't be. Sorry, Zach, love you, but that it's I don't I have no faith in your coaching staff. But there are a lot of teams in the SEC where they're trending up. You know, you look at Arkansas, they're trending up. And there are a lot of these teams where Florida's got to play catch up, essentially. And and they're doing that with Billy Napier. He's done a great job recruiting so far. I don't care how you feel about it, genuinely. Uh, he's done a great job. And, and so, yes, he's most likely to win big later. He has probably a, a pretty long leash right now, I'd say, just given uh, 
given what he's shown so far and what we saw last year from Dan Mullen, I think Billy Napier, they're kind of going, you know what, take your time, build the program, become great again. And, and it's as simple as that. But we're about to talk about how Billy Napier could, or how his position on this list could change, whether it's improved or falling. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And I mean, look, NBA playoffs are going to be wrapped up in a few weeks, unfortunately. Actually, fortunately, because it's just blowouts every time, so it's horrible. MLB, well underway. Tennis, the French Open's going, and, and, and it's a blast. Uh, by the way, if you haven't been watching, but betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for five years now. Couldn't be happier with the experience. Love it so much. Not just baseball, basketball, football, soccer, tennis, darts, ping pong. It's got reality TV, award shows, politics, economics, everything. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked Like Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now we are talking about how Billy Napier could, or what could change Billy Napier's position on this top power, or not even top power five list, because it's all the power five, but, but power five coaching list. Um, I think that we should start by talking about rising, because I think that's one, I think that's the most likely thing that we'll see from next year. Uh, but it, it's also just, I, I think it's what will happen. But we'll talk about rising where, I think one thing that could really help Billy Napier is let's say Florida this year hits their expectations, not exceeds them, but hits them. If the expectation is six wins and they win six, if the expectation is seven and they win seven, uh, but let's say they, they do exactly that and they win the games they're projected to win and they lose the games they're projected to win. How could Billy Napier change his position? Uh, first off, if he if he seals the deal with some of these highly ranked, highly rec- highly touted recruits that Florida has been talking to, and that Florida has been offering, and that Florida has been bringing in for visits, I think that that will help him because we we look at what the expectations are. If he hits those expectations, and the people who are voting based on essentially those expectations. They they shouldn't change their opinion much of him. Uh, people voting are on accolades, wasn't expected to get any, did his job, probably won't change that much. And the people that vote on, you know, that, that heavily weigh, if you're a good recruiter, Billy Napier will climb in those. So staying stagnant in the other two and climbing in one will help him raise. Um, I think the reasonable expectation from outside media looking in at the Florida Gators for this season. I think the expectation nationwide is a six and six record. Uh, So if Florida wins seven games or wins eight games, that should bump them up a little bit. But also let's take an approach as to let's say the Florida Gators go six and six, like, like they hit the, national media expectation for the for this football team in 2022 and recruiting wise you know they're 
they, they're where they're expected to be. They, they get the guys they should get. They don't get the guys they shouldn't get. Whatever that means. And let's say Florida goes 6-6. Six and six. There are a few games that I think, uh, even if you go 6-6, six and six, if you win those games, then you can make a lasting impression enough where some voters will go, Billy Napier's the real deal. You know, the roster this year wasn't amazing, but but they exceeded expectations, or not exceeded expectations, but they won some games they shouldn't have won. They lost games that were toss-ups. Like, like if Florida beats Georgia or Texas A&M, um, or LSU, which I feel like Florida should beat LSU this year, but I also feel like um, it's it's like Tennessee or Kentucky, where even if we're like, oh, like this is a down year for Florida, it's like, well, they still beat Tennessee or Kentucky. Um, and I feel like Florida's at that point kind of where it's like, well, Florida should beat LSU because it's a down year for LSU, but then LSU just seems to walk away with wins, whether it's 2020, where I don't care about the shoe, the rest of that game is just... Uh, an absolute mess um and lsu walked away even though florida should have won that game handedly last year lsu was not a good football team neither was florida but i thought they were better than lsu but lsu walked away with a win there um handedly kind of so there's that um but let's say florida beats georgia beats texas a&m beats lsu um loses to like South Carolina or Missouri or a team that Florida is probably going to be expected to be close with, but then they beat the team that they're expected to get blown out with. I think the voters will give Florida that credit of while they outperformed their roster, they maximized talent there ways that Florida or Billy Napier specifically could fall on this list. I think the only real way is, let's say expectations are six and six. Uh, if Florida goes four and eight, maybe, maybe, maybe three and nine. But again, like that's that's lower than the floor. I think I think I think the absolute floor is four and eight. And even then, I think that's about as likely as saying Florida is going to win ten games because I don't think that'll happen. But I think saying Florida will lose four games is as likely as saying Florida will win 10. Um, so I think four and eight will really hurt Billy Napier. Obviously, you know, if Florida beats only uh, South Florida, Eastern Washington, Vandy, and then one of Florida State, Missouri, South Carolina, and they just win four games total, um, I think that would hurt his ranking, of course, because again, you know, if the expectation is six and six and you go four and eight or even five and seven at this point, um, then yeah, that's, you're not reaching those expectations and that's going to hurt you. It also matters how I think Florida performs against schools like Georgia or Texas and where if Florida loses those games by 30, we're going to be like, well, they're, they're a laughing stock at that point. And so I think that's going to be, um, a, I want to say a point of concern for some of the voters in this scenario or some of the national media folk. Um, so I think it's that. But we're about to take a look at some questionable, I'll say, questionable uh, spots 
on this Power 5 list. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Now to wrap up today's show, we are talking about some questionable spots on this list. And I, I got two people that I think are too low and two people that I think are too high. And by too low, I mean that they're in there. You know, that I, it's like, oh, like, well, they should be 25, but they're 43. Things like that. Uh, so I think first on the too low section has to be Greg Schiano, who uh, used to be the head coach of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And a lot of listeners here probably better know him as the, I believe, three-year head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after Rutgers. Um but let, let's just be completely honest and open about it, which is, you know, kind of how I prefer to approach things on this show. Rutgers has been horrible since Greg Schiano left the first, like after his first stint with Rutgers. They have been terrible since then. Um, but in 2021, so this past season, Rutgers made a bowl game in Greg Schiano's first year back. And a, yes, I get it. Uh, they made the bowl game because Texas A&M had COVID issues and a couple other teams had COVID issues. And so people had to get shuffled around and teams had to get shuffled around. But here's the thing. Rutgers wasn't just like, oh, you guys are free. Let's go. Like that wasn't how it was considered. It was Rutgers wasn't bowl eligible, but they were very close to being bowl eligible. Uh, and so Rutgers got the spot there, which it's, it, it it's very easy to say, well, if this is pretty much any other year without Greg Schiano, they probably aren't even close to being eligible to being that alternate spot. So Greg Schiano deserves a lot of credit credit for what he did with Rutgers. Uh, I think they're a team that will continue to, to kind of climb and work their way up on the list. Uh, people that are too high on the list, Tom Allen with Indiana. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I love you, Jacob Rude, with uh, Locked On Hoosiers, but look, um, 2020 was solid for the Hoosiers. And yes, 2021, the Hoosiers ran into an absolute gauntlet with six of their 12 games being against ranked opponents, and those six being Michigan, who made a playoff, Cincy, who made a playoff, uh, Ohio State, who was close, Michigan State, who was close, Iowa and Penn State. But those are just six losses that Indiana picked up. Indiana in 2021 went 2-10. That is absolutely atrocious. Especially when you consider going into the 2021 season, the Indiana Hoosiers were ranked. They were, a, I think they were number 17 or 18 in the nation when week one rolled around. But then they got blown out by by Rutgers, who Greg Schiano we just mentioned. They got blown out by Minnesota. They got blown out by Purdue. They got stopped. And their only two wins, because again, they went two and ten, were against Idaho and Western Kentucky. Who? Western Kentucky in uh in in their own respect did make a bowl game. Bailey Zappi is a monster. Uh but look, look, Indiana got they, they lost games they shouldn't have lost, and they got blown out in some games. They lost thirty four to six to Iowa. Iowa's not a team that scores thirty four points very often. 
Like that that's bad to give up 34 to Iowa. They want to run the ball, kill the clock, and play defense. And they beat the brakes off you. 54 to 7 to Ohio State. I, I get it. Ohio State's great. But 54 to 7 and you're a power five team? No. 38 to 3 to Rutgers. And look, we just talked about Rutgers was 5 and 7. He lost by 35 points to a 5 and 7 team? Unacceptable. And 44 7 to Purdue. Purdue, look, all, all respect to them, but 44 to 7 is bad. Like, like the, the amount of massive blowouts that Indiana took, it, it's absolutely pitiful. And that's why it's like, well, I, I have a hard time believing Tom Allen should be as high as he was on that list. Too low on the list, uh, Mel Tucker from Michigan State. And I get this one might be more just, just me being me. Um, but I think I think you can go make no mistake when you look at what Michigan State did last year compared to what their expectations were. They were phenomenal. Like like I no one thought that they were going to be as good as they were last year. No one thought Kenneth Walker the third was going to be as good as he was last year. Who by the way was primarily recruited to Michigan State by William Peegler, who is now at the Florida Gators. Um, but what what happened in East Lansing last year? is nothing short of phenomenal. And then you look at this 2022 recruiting class compared to uh, Michigan State's 2021 recruiting class, their 2020 recruiting class, their 2019 recruiting class. Mel Tucker did a phenomenal job of significantly making, of making Michigan State and East Lansing, Michigan, significantly more attractive to these good recruits, these high caliber recruits, whether you're looking at high school recruits, whether you're looking at transfers like, like Florida right now is battling over Peyton Kirkland with Michigan state and they lost Chris Bogle to Michigan state. So Mel Tucker has done a phenomenal job of making Michigan state an attractive landing spot for high school and college football players. And you look at the, the too high section again, Herm Edwards um, with Arizona state. And I say this with the utmost respect for Herm Edwards as an NFL coach and as an analyst, and and as, as, a, as a person, sure. But Herm Edwards, and he wasn't high on this list, by the way, but Herm Edwards deserves, this is, this is essentially based on, like, last year. Um, that's how it goes. That's just, like, there are some people who fell 20 spots and, and went up 20 spots. So this is a, a little bit of recency bias here. Um, Herm Edwards based on the past year of Arizona State football, Herm Edwards should be dead last on the list right now. Like, for the for the mess that is, that Arizona Sun Devils program, Herm Edwards should be dead last on the list. I don't care about who has experience, who do. I don't care about uh, Pry with Virginia Tech. I, I don't care about any of that. I care about Herm Edwards has completely dismantled that Arizona State program. He's made a complete mockery of that Arizona State program, and they weren't much to begin with, but he made a mockery of them. And he did nothing but absolutely nuke that program. So Herm Edwards deserves to be absolutely last on that list, dead last on that list. There is no argument for that. I don't care about it. Uh, he, he demolished that program as, as quickly as he possibly could have. So Herm Edwards, too high on the list. Even if he was 65, that's too high on the list. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free regular listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790, Lockdown SEC. Get, get the best coverage on the best conference in college sports, not just football, in college sports daily with Chris Gordy on Lockdown SEC. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryVestSide.com, and I'll see you all Monday.